Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years, combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. This show is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. It's football season, and it's time to make your way over to MyBookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College ball, check. Plus, they have a mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service, making their platform a one-stop shop for all betting needs. MyBookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting making sure you've covered every step of the way. Sign up at MyBookie today, and when you do, use promo code 3YARDS to claim a halfway match on your deposit. If you put in 200, they'll spot you another 100 to play with. That's promo code 3YARDS so you can claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And this is another victorious edition. Simon, if you would listen to the national media, they have great concerns of how Tuatunga Vailoa looked. And I guess let's just lead with that. How did you think he looked? And then we'll get into the team and what it needs going forward. Um, I, I thought he looked exactly how I expected him to look, to be honest. I don't think anybody thought he was going to come out and start slinging it around and throwing for 500 yards. And I thought he did well within the constraints of what they gave him, um, which was essentially one read throws, the occasional two read, but mostly one read throws, very simple rollouts, those sorts of things. Uh, he didn't really set his feet on that long throw early on. Um, 
but overall I thought he played okay fine you know it's okay for him to 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 be okay and I think the national media essentially what they did was look at the stat line and if you looked at the stat line you'd think okay he didn't do much um but the Dolphins were up 20 what 28-7 at one point 28-10 it was (laughs) 28-7 very early in the second quarter you aren't going to come out in the second half slinging the ball around anyway even if Fitzpatrick was uh, um, that's just never been what certainly in the in the Flores era it's really never been what the Dolphins have done um you'd like to think they control the ball a little bit better I think what would have been interesting would have been if the Rams had scored on on the missed field goal drive towards the end if they scored a touchdown that drive I think it would have been interesting to see what would have happened then, because at some point in that second half, you would have needed him to put together some sort of drive. Do you know what I mean? The, the shackles would have had to come off at some point, and it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if the Rams had got close enough for him to really be in a proper competition. But uh, I thought I thought that did happen. I mean, they they missed the field goal, but there was still enough time. Or there was a point, I think it was, we got the ball like nine minutes left or something like that. You know, yeah. we we clearly needed a drive at that point. And yeah, we got two first you know, downs, didn't we? And then they had the drive. We got a couple of first downs, and and then they only got taken off the field because you know he completed that ball to or threw what should have been a completion to Miles Gaskin, and he got he got hit he got hit in the back, and he and he couldn't come down with the ball. Like I mean, it was yeah. it was right in the breadbasket. Then they. Then they drove down and missed the field goal, didn't they? I think if the, and it's still a two possession game. Was it? Was that? Was that after? Yeah. They drove down yeah, and missed the field goal after yeah. that. Okay, yeah. I but, guess. Uh, okay. But I, just, I, I suppose if they scored a touchdown to got to get within a, a eight points, uh, as it would have been, I think it would have been interesting then to see the decision. Okay, you know, do we take mm-hmm. the shackles off a little bit? Do we? How do we mm-hmm. play it? We didn't need to see anything more than we saw. The defense played so well. You know, Josh Boyer called almost the perfect game. The special teams were outstanding. Um, offensive line pass protecting pretty well, you know, and overall it was a it was a fantastic team performance. And you know, it'll be interesting now, you know. And a lot of I, I thought obviously a lot of the scheming was done to scheme try and scheme away from Aaron Donald, which is almost mm-hmm. impossible because he's just so incredibly talented. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's no charming, isn't he? There's no Chandler no. Jones next week. Um, which is great news. Um, and so it will be, I'll be keen to see whether or not the shackles come off a little bit more in terms of, because, you know, I, I think it was pretty clear on that very first drop back that Donald was, you know, he's going to run from, rush from all over the place. You know, he knocks the ball out of his hand and then Michael Brockers dumps him on his ass. And, it, you know, it's kind of like, welcome to the, you know, you know, you're not going to get that much time. If you've watched Donald at any point during his career, you know, you're not going to get a lot of time back in that pocket, especially as a rookie, especially when everything's moving a bit fast. You know, you see Joe Burrow, things are really slowed down for Joe Burrow. You know, you want to to get to that point in four or five, six weeks time where things have really slowed down. And Aaron Donald's not the guy you want to, you know, you particularly want to go up against when things are still whizzing past you really fast, no matter how, you know, much practice you've got, how much experience you had at Alabama. So it'd be intriguing to see what happens against Arizona. But as for Sunday... A win, great performance, and I thought he did fine within the constraints of the offense. It, it was it was decent. He did well. I, th- I thought the lesson on that play it was funny is don't step up into the pocket when Aaron when that's Aaron Donald's yeah. playground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where Aaron Donald lives. Uh, so don't step in there. Um, you know, and which is it's interesting and ironic because we've gone on about how the Dolphins' offensive line are 
probably performing a little bit better than people think. And uh, one of the reasons is that the middle of the line has been playing well, but this time the middle of the line was going against Aaron Donald. That's a different animal, right? So, um, so very first play, it was just so interesting because you're looking at it and you're kind of like, okay, so he's stepping into the pocket. What he's trying to do is get to the backside of the progression and hit uh, Devonte Parker. And, um, and, and he's trying to create the extra time and, and space the lane to get it there. And so he steps up in the pocket, he steps up into the right a little bit. And, um, you know, that's right where Aaron Donald can get after him. And, uh, and sure enough, sack strip. And, uh, and then he, like you said, Michael Brockers just body slammed him after that. Um, and, and I think it was interesting to watch, uh, because I've seen several people talk about this, you know, how from, from that point on, there seemed to be plays where Tua was backing up, you know, throwing off his back foot, but that was an adjustment. I don't, after that play, I think it, if the coaches didn't flat out say it to him, you know, don't step up into the, into that area where Aaron Donald is, um, where Aaron Donald can get you, then, you know, maybe it's just something he did is you can't, I mean, very first play, <laughs> very first play. What happened? It was a sack strip is it was, it was ultimately costly. So, so from that point on, create space for yourself, create time for yourself by um by backing up a little bit and, and especially if you're a short guy i mean short quarterbacks we have to live with this with two us tongue of ilo mm-hmm. he's a short quarterback um mm-hmm. and short quarterbacks you watch them play in the nfl watch how they operate the pocket they back up you know they they create space for themselves they create time for themselves um and passing lanes by backing up and i think that's what uh, we're gonna have to get used to him doing a little bit uh more of you know, Kyler Murray does it. Russell Wilson certainly doesn't. Um, Drew Brees does it. Uh, these these guys these guys back up a little bit. Um, but anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting, sort of like welcome to the NFL moment, but also like setting the tone for the rest of the game. He's not going to do that anymore. He's not going to step up right into the thick of things against Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. Now, I, I, oh, sorry. What I, what I was just going to say, you know, as for how he did. Um, clearly, as you said, uh, difficulty, difficulty score, not high, right. They didn't ask much of them and they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna ask as much of them because they had a lead the entire time, you know, um, or most of the time. Right. And, um, and so I thought that, you know, I I thought it's interesting that there was a point where the Rams score first, right. Uh, it was seven, nothing. And, um, Miami gets a turnover and they've got a shorter field. I think they had it at the midfield, right? At uh, mm-hmm. 50 yard lines or somewhere in there. And they put together a drive and that was, you know, Tua put together a drive. He was throwing the ball really well and uh, they scored the touchdown. Um, and then from that point, the next time, the next time he wakes up from his nap, he's up 21 <laughs> seven Yeah, <laughs> because because of defense because of defense and uh and special teams and um and then you know flash forward just a few more seconds and it's 28 7 and and you know because again there's another there's another turnover and and they get the ball in the one yard line and all they have to do is bang it in there um for for you know one for another touchdown and from that point it's like of course you're not going to see anything Right. Why, why were the coach, why are the coaches going to put anything down on tape at this point? Um, you know, when, when they don't have to, and why are they going to risk 
you know, their rookie in his first start against Aaron, Aaron Donald and, and a fierce defense, you know, it's not just him um, when they don't have to. So, so they, they didn't, they didn't put much on them until I thought I did think there was a moment, Simon, when you talked about like, it'd be interesting if they banged in that field goal and they, they, you know, down to a one score game, you know, what would we have done? I did think there was a moment before that drive where it was clear because they started to go hurry up on us. Um, They started to go hurry up on the defense. We're tired as well. Yeah. Yeah, The defense looked tired as hell. And like, I mean, I I couldn't have been the only one that's thinking we're not going to stop them for the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, for, because the defense is just too tired and, um, and they're going hurry up on us. And finally, Camus Grugier, Grugier Hill, uh, did that faking an injury thing to, to slow yes. slow them down, which was brilliant. brilliant. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad they finally whipped that out. Um, but yeah, so I'm, but seriously, it would look like we weren't going to stop them from this. So it came down to the offense. The offense got the ball with like nine minutes left and they only need two scores. That's plenty of time to get two scores, especially if you can't stop them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was a, so, I got to interrupt you. There was a great moment toward the end of that game when Raekwon Davis comes flying off the sideline to get back into the huddle and Kristen Wilkins looks back at him and gives him like the slow down sign and tells him slow down buddy <laughs> slow down <laughs> we, we don't have to, we don't if you want to you know yeah. you can almost see him telling like why don't you just throw yourself on the floor okay and yeah. that'll be much more useful than you trying to get this substitution in you know what I mean yeah I know right well because if if they sub in if they sub in you're you're allowed to right you yeah you have to be given the yeah. time to sub in so it's yes. like slow down <laughs> Yeah, like why Zelani. are you hurrying up? Why are you hustling to the to the huddle? Yeah, there's a learning experience as well for the offensive line, there, isn't there? Because you're used to, you know, this is not a kid that they are used to blocking for, and things are different. Mm. Every quarterback is different. Every, you know, tour rolls out. There are more designed rollouts. There is more sort of manipulation of the pocket. Whereas, whereas Fitz is a bit scattergun in the pocket, and you, you know, mm-hmm. in a way, you don't really know where he's going to run, and that makes, in a way, it more difficult. But when it's more regimented, i.e. you know where two is going in terms of rollouts, you know where he's going to be a lot more than perhaps you would with Fitzpatrick. That actually makes the, the offensive line have to think differently, doesn't it? And they've mm. just got to the point after six, seven games where they're beginning to feel more confident, more comfortable in themselves. They sort of understand each other as well as everything else. Mm. And now that has had to change again completely. Mm. Um so, you know, it feels like there's also going to be a little bedding in process for the line. And obviously Austin Jackson eligible now to come back, whether or not he can't, you know, Jesse Davis has done very well. Um, and, you know, you look at that very first play from scrimmage that, or certainly the first drop back, Aaron Donald. And he's almost like the reverse JJ Watt, isn't he? In the fact that what listed as defensive end did so much damage rushing as a defensive tackle. Donald, yeah. you always think is an interior rush threat, but actually is equally as effective rushing from defensive end as what was rushing from defensive tackle. And yeah, he went yeah. around Jesse Davis and, and forced the fumble. So, just well, that was, uh, that was Eric Flowers, actually. Uh, he, flowers, I mean, yeah, sorry, it yeah. was Flowers. It was Flowers. But yeah. Um, but he did. He, he rushed his edge. He rushed his outside yeah. shoulder and then and then crossed back inside when, uh, back when, Tua, yeah. when Tua stepped up. Yeah, yeah welcome yeah. to the league, kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, the point I was making, the, well, the point just real quick, the point I was making at the end is I thought there was a drive, that there was a moment, that this was like, okay, the defense needs you now, right? The ne- defense needs the offense to step up. And, you know, I thought Tua was doing well on that drive. And he was he was throwing the ball. He converted 
I think that was the one where he converted a third and short to um, to uh, uh, Isaiah. Um, was that Ford? Ford, sorry. I keep wanting to say Wilson for some reason. Um, Isaiah Ford, he converted the short. And that that's sort of a play call that's like um it's almost like a run play, but you got to trust your quarterback to 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 execute that. And and he made it look easy. So it was he did what he was supposed to do. Um, but they they had a drive there where I thought he was executing and I thought it was going to go much further uh until Miles Gaskin dropped that ball on third down. And so I think that I, you know, I, I thought there was a moment where he started to show like, are, are you seeing, are you seeing sort of a clutch thing here? And, and I thought, you know, maybe that was coming out in that moment and it wasn't allowed to go a little bit further. So I thought that he was executing what they asked him to do. He did it really well. And there was even a little bit of extra toward the end there that I thought might be coming. Um, but it didn't get a chance because I thought generally the offensive players around him were it's, it's, as you said, their offensive line chemistry is probably not there. Certainly some of the receiver chemistry wasn't there. Um, if you look at how like Preston Williams played and, and some of the other guys. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It goes on. I thought his best, I thought his best completion was that completion to, to Jakeem Grant. He went through all the progressions and then just found him on the comeback and how much better does his game look if they just don't drop so many passes? And I'm not going to talk about all the, the confirmed drops, just the three on third downs. Yeah. He gets those three who knows what comes next, you know? And what if he gets the one fifty fifty ball with Mike Kosecki? So mm-hmm. yeah, that I'm was not, a third down too. That was on third down too. So, you know, we're talking about a lot left on the field, that I'm going to put on other people other than Tua Tonga Bailoa. But what I tried to explain. I mean, the Kosicki is, I mean, that's a 50 50, you know. Uh, yeah, but that's why Mike Kosicki's here, you know. A, oh, well, come on, that's a bit whataboutery, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's, it was, but it was, it was a mismatch. It was a physical mismatch. And it was, it was the right, I mean, it was the right read on the play. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. no, I'm not doubting it's the right read, but just blaming the receiver. I mean, you can blame Preston Williams and, uh, and Gaskin for the three drops that we're talking about. Bit, right. Right. Bit harder to blame Gasicki for, for that. It's, I mean, I, 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 get, I feel you. I feel you. But, you know, the other three, the other three, yeah, I would pound the table that those should have, should have been caught. But the Gasecki one, yeah, you know, it's that's what you're here for. You know, you're supposed to win some 50-50 balls. It would have been nice to get the he wins, that one. Dude, he wins an awful lot of 50-50, you know. Yeah, he, does. he does. He does, but really, I get your it's point. Make, but it's, it's make or you know. miss. It's make or miss. If you didn't do well in the game and, and you didn't come down with that ball, you know, I mean, so yeah. it's sort of, you know, I, I, I recognize what you're saying. But, um, no, I, I agree with Alf there. There was total, I think, four drops and – and he only had like what, like twenty-two attempts, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's kind of a big deal as far as the the stats are concerned and stuff like that. But it was a bigger deal. It, it was also a big deal on the field because there's some third downs in there. I think Coach um, Flores summed it up best this afternoon in his press conference. Some good, some bad. Lot to work mm-hmm. with moving forward. So I think we'd all. Yeah, I mean, you that. can't have that sack strip, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right like, yeah, that one's on. Uh, that one's on a whole bunch of people. You know, but it's mainly on Aaron Donald being so good and reaching up to his. his and he said he felt it. Tuatunga Bailoa said after the in the press conference, he said, "I knew it was him that it was coming," 
And I tried mm-hmm. to get the ball out of the way, but next thing I know, the ball's on the ground, and then somebody's yeah. body slamming me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it would behoove him not to not to do that next time. But one thing that I found uh, puzzling, I would say, is the national media's obsession with all the yardage that the Rams had. And I tried to explain that, you know, I know it's really high level math, but if you drive three consecutive times, 50 yards, and you throw pick sixes all three times, you're going to outgain me 150 yards to zero. Okay. Because unless I onside kick and I get the ball back, because you get the ball back after turnovers, the Rams got a bunch of extra possessions and that's how they piled up so much yardage. And truth be told, they had maybe 200 yards in the second half of complete empty yardage that ended up with no points until they got the Robert Woods touchdown. So, you know, I think that the, everybody decided to bury the lead until they picked it up again today, which is this defense is really good, Simon. How good can mm. it be? Oof. And, yeah. and are they, in my opinion, okay, I'm, I'm, I guess, spoiler alert for Thursday's show. I don't like our matchup because I really like that quarterback. I think this is their best test besides Russell Wilson. How good can they be going forward, Simon? I mean, I think they can be as good as they want to be, frankly. I know that's a, a, a bit disingenuous. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that they the points differential or the yardage differential from Sunday was 326 in favour of the Rams, which is the biggest differential in terms of one team leading the other in, in yardage and yet losing the game that has been in a few years um, in the NFL. Um, but it, it doesn't take into – and I think the people that were commenting on it were the same people that were saying that, you know, now's the time to start worrying about two because he only threw for 95 yards or whatever. It's people that only saw red zone and didn't see the entire game. Um, so, yeah, I think this defense, I think they need to stay healthy. Uh, I think they probably need uh, another player on the, I, I think they need a, a nickel back and actually given the sixth round pick, uh, I was surprised they weren't in for Desmond King. I have to say, even though there was a, mm. I mean, I get there was a big contract coming, but even if you're looking at a half a season rental for one of your six round picks, it's not the end of the world. Um, secondary from hell and they pulled that off <laughs> yeah I mean look Eric Rose playing absolutely lights out Emmanuel Ogba's playing really well Van Noy's playing really well um, Shaq Lawson's playing well Byron Joe I mean that I saw um, you know I, I don't put an awful lot of stock into pro football focus as you both know but I saw Mike Renner tweeted um, something today which I'll, I'll find as I'm as I'm chatting about how well we play when Byron Jones and um yeah, I saw it and, too. And uh, and Howard are on the field together. I think it's... Mm. Um, so yeah, they give up 13 points per game. 13 and a half points per, per game, game. And a, five and a half 65 quarterback yards. rating. 61.5, yeah. Ooh. Well, it's, so, there's another guy to give credit to, and we, you know, we panned him, and that's actually... You mentioned that we need a nickel cornerback, but in this game, Nick Needham covered Cooper yeah, Cup. Yeah, he played very well. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, credit. about... 72 targets or something, didn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah 23 targets was it? 23? Yeah. He's a good player, he's yes. a good player, but I thought, yeah, very I thought good player. Play well. Um, yeah. I, I was a bit worried when when Byron went out with the um, sure. with what was clearly cramps and then Needham went out as well, especially the way he grabbed his knee. Nick Needham, I thought maybe he'd done something to, to his ACL or something, but mm-hmm. no, I think this defense can be you know, can be outside. What, what, what I need to see now, and it's the one thing that that we've always struggled with, is that mobile quarterback the ability to make yards when the play breaks down because the coverage is so good and that's what Kyler Murray is going to find coverage is so good he can escape 
out of the pocket, make yards, pick up first downs. Those annoying sort of third and nines where the coverage is fantastic, yes. and he manages to, to you know to make a play with his feet. That's the that's the concern, uh, and it's the concern for every team that you go get. You you know you watch Murray in those circumstances. He can take on linebackers and he can take on defensive backs and get round them because he's so because he's so nippy. Uh, it will be a mm-hmm. huge test for that element of the defense. But I think overall. They're, they're playing outside. Bobby McCain's playing well. I think Eric Rowe has just been an outstanding... Eric Rowe and, and Emmanuel Ogba especially have been outstanding free agent pickups. I thought Zach, Zach Siegler had a good game at the weekend. Um, you know, there were quite a few rushing lanes that opened up. You know, Malcolm Brown especially was picking up some decent yardage. Uh, and you still kind of would like a really good run playing defensive tackle in there. I think Christian Wilkins is, is, is progressing. Um, you know, he's probably never going to be the... You know, he's never going to be a high-end interior defensive line, but he's going to be good enough. Um, and, and that's really what Flores has done over the years. Josh Boyer just called him an outstanding game at the weekend. I thought he was um, he was in Jared Goff's head just the way that the Patriots were in Jared Goff's head in the Super Bowl two, three years ago. Yeah, uh, those zero blitzes were, were, were something. And I loved yeah. how how uh, their adjustment was to, to try to stuff the A-gap so we couldn't bring people through the A-gap. So what we started doing is running zero blitzes, but overloading one side and rendering Malcolm Brown in the middle of the formation useless. So, yeah, I thought we coached circles around McVay, but I think Chris had the best point. It's really Brian Flores versus Jerry Goff. He, he picks on the kid. Like, he, he's, he knows what he's thinking before he's, he thinks it. Right, Chris? Yeah, I don't, I don't think – I don't – I don't think he trusts, or I don't think Brian Flores uh, respects Jared Goff's ability to um, to sort of think think on his own and come up with his own answers, and and really just I don't think he he thinks he can he can do well against adversity. He's not a multiple um, read guy, Goff either, though. Is he's never yeah. has been. He's never been a no. guy that will sit there and go to third and fourth read. He's he's and. They've they've quickened up how quickly he gets the ball out this season. You know, it's it's much quicker and it, but it's it's that's first and second reads only. Yeah, that's why in their Super Bowl year, if you remember, they ran what was it like sixty eight percent play action. Everything was play action because to try to get him, you know, try to get him to spots and know exactly where he's throwing. He's reading half the field. So, but, but also, I mean, what the and one thing they took and think about think of all the all the batted passes they had in this game. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's that's a function of the zero blitzes and, and so because they're they're covering everything. Right. But it's it's also a function of the it's a, a predictable quarterback, um, you know, a predictable quarterback that isn't changing things up and isn't, you know, isn't isn't shifty. I mean, he's he's throwing from the same launch launch points and at the same launch angles. And, you know, these guys can get a beat on it. And um, and they were batting everything that he had away you know, at, at the line of scrimmage. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that just happened. You know, um, I think that there's a lot of things about Jared Goff that Brian Flores decides to pick on. And um, I'm surprised that more defenses aren't able to do it more successfully, I guess. Uh, but we'll also see because other people, other teams are going to be looking at the tape of all these zero blitzes and the fact that 60 minutes later, they still didn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they're going to, okay, well, you know, then we're going to do it too until you can show us that you stopped it. Um, so remember the, remember the birth of this was in Pittsburgh last year when we were up 
what, 14? <laughs> the tank play? Yeah, but, yeah. but you look back and that was the earliest incarnation of it. And, and now look to, at the point where it's got, where we really can have, we really have got the players who can get to the quarterback. We really have, you know, the Van Noy is there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Baker, Baker is freed up to do more. Ogbra and Lawson can get to the quarterback. You know, we, we, it's a, you know, this is a late model of what, what happened at Heinz Field last year. <laughs> And think how much worse it could have been because how many picks did we how many picks did we have that we dropped? Oh boy, Eric yeah. Rowe. Yeah. Eric Rowe jumps. I mean, that was a zero. That was a zero blitz. They sat back. They sat back. Uh, yeah, and, and that, that one on 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 the tape is better because Eric Eric Rowe tells uh, Byron Jones. Byron Jones looks at him and goes, "What are we doing here?" Because they had twins, right? Um, and you could see that Eric Rowe's telling him, "No, I got Higby. You just you know stick to your man." And yeah. he completely sells out. Like yep. if, if that's a stop and go, the yep. sidelines open for Higby. Oh yeah, he just jumps it because he knew it was coming. He yeah, did. Roe had a Roe had a pick six, and that was a pick Van, six. Yes, Van Ginkle dropped one that was. He had about eight eight attempts to get it. Jumped up in the air, caught it, dropped it, rolled onto his side. Yep. I thought Sealer was going to didn't Sealer Sealer have one? Sealer like, had another one that Sealer yes. he dived. Yeah, almost got it. So yeah, I mean, serious. Oh, and and uh, Xavier Howard uh, in the first quarter. Remember, okay. got oh right, right, it yeah, yeah. And just flat out dropped it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we that, it could have been so much worse than it was. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's how that's how outstanding their performance was in this game, and how bad Jared Goff's performance was in the game. I mean, it could have been so much worse. And, um, and I think they. Do you remember the game at home that Tannehill, when we beat Houston and Tannehill had that second quarter where he threw five touchdown passes and it was the game where he broke the, the record for most completions in a row. Yes. That, that quarter of that game it, it is, so we've, we've essentially put together the two of four perfect quarters because the first one was that Houston game where Tannehill threw all those touchdowns and we were up like 35 nothing at halftime. The second oh, right, yeah. That was the, the man, the man um, Campbell game. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. This is now the... Um, the game on Sunday was now the second quarter of our perfect game. So we've now got to find two more perfect quarters and we can build <laughs> together the greatest Miami game of the modern era. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a fun season going forward because as the games move on, we get to see the developmental the development of, the, of our quarterback and the team, which I think is getting better as this time goes on. But now let's talk about what's not so good. I said about three weeks ago, Miles Gaskin ain't it. I just don't see it. And this was about this was about as rough a game as you can have. That fumble, that fumble really scared me. I said, okay, this could change the game. Of course, he was fumbling to try to set up our defense so we could take it 78 yards on a fumble return for a touchdown. Definitely. That's a, that was the plan. That was the plan by Miles Gaskin. But then he drops the one. I had already forgotten that he had fumbled inside of our 10-yard line, which, you know, like that's a benchable sin yeah. in my opinion. Like, uh, I would have been fine if Brian Flores would have said, Matt Breda plays the rest of the game. But, of course, I had forgotten about that because we turned that into points. And then in the fourth quarter, he drops what should have been the ice, the icing on the cake of Tua's debut, that, that option route. If he catches that and turtles up, that's it. That's, the game's over. And they don't have to fade a late charge by, by the Rams. He also had some blocking miscues. I was, I was oh, absolutely. In, review, in review of the game. I mean, it was, it was a bad all the way around. Absolutely. And, and, and another thing I understand Aaron Donald is, you know, yeah, he's Superman. Don't let him catch you on a screen. Okay. I'm sorry. You're running back. I'll run a defensive tackle. I'm sorry. Okay. You had a three yard head yep, start. But he is, he is Superman. 
He is super. And also, he's probably a, he's probably a top ten running back in the league if if you put him there. <laughs> yeah, as well. That's right. No, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's he be is. Honest. Uh, yeah, I understand all of those things, but if you're a running back, I do expect you to outrun Aaron Donald. I'm sorry. I just expect yeah. you to do something. Something. Like I thought that. there was there was also there was also a play, and it wasn't a third down play. I thought it was a second down play where I thought his his effort after the catch to try and you know reach for that first down, it just wasn't there. Yeah. And I, I know somebody on somebody on Twitter kind of commented the same thing. So I don't think I'm the only one that that kind of saw that and questioned that a little bit. I think there's um, there's a, a play. I think it might have been one of the Malcolm Perry, um, one of the Malcolm Perry Wildcats uh, where he was there. And, you know, his blocking effort was just really poor mm. on it. And um, and it ended up being costly. Um, I think that there's you know, there's some other there's some other plays, I think maybe in pass protection and just, and, and there was a play, at least one play that I saw. I commented to you guys on the, on WhatsApp. Um, you know, there was actually, there were lanes there. Uh, there mm-hmm. was room and, and he, he kind of botched screen. It. That screen when T- tool really, really sells it. If you remember tool sells it because Tua holds it. And I guess, you know, you know, these guys are so well coached at Alabama that you could mm-hmm. tell that Tua was like, you know, if I hold it as long as I can, and I take this hit, I'm creating space for Gaskin to run. Yep. And he holds it to the last second, and then he lets it go. Gaskin catches it, and there is green grass in front of him, and he has a couple of blocks. And of it was course. a really nice touch pass, wasn't it? Like it, yes. like he really got that up, up and over somebody. Yeah, he I got it over. It right. He got it over. I believe Leonard Floyd, who was coming off yeah. that that edge. And yeah. Two things I think it was, it was a really nice pass. I, I don't think the offensive line is a great run blocking offense. I don't think they sustain blocks particularly well. You know, I'd have to watch the the, the all twenty two of this game, but I, I haven't seen a great deal of sustained blocking. Uh, I think Kinley does a very good job of, but I, I think it's inconsistent on that front. I don't think it's all Gaskin. Uh, I think Miles is probably a really good number two. The thing that worries not worries me. The thing that um, I find intriguing is that. Matt Breeder is so infrequently used, and I don't really mm, understand. Yeah, I don't why. understand it either. I don't understand. Uh, it. You know, uh, I just it could be it that... could be as simple as they're just that impressed. They were just that impressed with Gaskin, and maybe this opens the door. You know, if they could go into a time machine and get last year's Jordan Howard and activate him this year, it would be awesome. Well, yeah, you know, neither here nor there, because what we're stuck with is this year's Jordan yeah. Howard. <laughs> And yeah. that's... So, so it begs the question. I'm, I'm going to ask the question, Simon. I asked it earlier on Twitter, and uh, you know, Chris had ideas. I, I'm, I'll, I'm completely out of ideas as far as the running back position. My last idea was signing Le'Veon Bell. For this year, I'm out of ideas. Do you have any ideas on how to fix well, that position, at least for this run this year? Um, uh, I don't think that there's. The, there's nothing that uh, I think the issue. The, I think the interesting thing, the more interesting thing for me is that because I don't, I don't see them making a move for running back. The more interesting thing for me will be wondering how high a premium they place on a running back in the draft, given that mm-hmm. you know it was a really strong draft this year for running backs, and we know that they almost took J.K. Dobbins in the second round, and and Baltimore snaffled in one pick before we we picked, but. That was what the second pick in the second round was that fifty six or fifty eight or whatever it was that we had, and they waited till that point in a good running back draft to do anything. I, I wonder what point that they will, you know, will they consider Travis Etienne in the first round? Will his fumbling issues be a concern? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some there's some pass blocking stuff with Travis Etienne that you can see on tape that doesn't, you know, will, will give you cause for because he's got better at it. I mean, great out of the backfield, great running back. But, you know, do they wait a little later for, you know, Kylan Hill or Rakeem Boyd or the, all those sorts of things where, you know, that that to me is the interesting thing. I mean, I don't, I, the, there's not anybody that necessarily strikes me as a, you know, just trying to think of teams that are, you know, already given up on the season who are, do you know what I mean? Um, and oh. there's nobody, I know Chris talked about Todd Gurley, um, but there's nobody that I can. One is playing need. right, one is going to play in a little bit here as we record on a Monday night. You know, what the hell do, do the Giants need with Devonta Freeman? You know, he looks like he's a, he's kind of live. Mm, does he? Yeah, he looks Alex- all right. Uh, Alexander Matteson is a guy that I think would be a, a, is an interesting guy. He backed up Dalvin Cook, but he's a, you know, is a good player. At Minnesota, but he played he's really too well young. Seattle, but he is young. He, um, like the, the Vikings won't give him up because of that, right? Yeah, maybe. Well, and, I, and because, and because Dalvin's always injured, right? Yeah, yeah, wow. So it, it's like whoever we think is attractive, like, hey, I'd trade for that guy. Then the team that has him is like, yeah, I know, I know you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you would want. So, him, you know? so would we if we didn't already have him? <laughs> you know, like, like that's. I mean, that's the that's the real problem. You got to go for guys that somebody doesn't want for some reason. And yeah, I suppose I'm just thinking of teams giving up on the season. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they could go after Todd Gurley. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the uh, the Falcons would be asking for him. I've heard the criticisms there that you know he's he's lost a lot and he's he's not the same. He doesn't have the the burst anymore. I was I, honestly I was looking at his game against the Lions uh, last week and um, yeah, I didn't have any. I thought he could still had something to offer. He still looked he still looked pretty good there. I think they have some issues in that team with uh, spacing and you know the offensive design and and not to mention um, they're pretty shitty at holding blocks. So um, and it reminds me a lot of actually Dolphins teams from from years past. Um, so I, I think he could help. Uh, I think they clearly need something. The thing that really pissed me off about the Miles Gaskin thing was not so much like his performance in the game. It's, it's just how limited we are when we get to a short yardage situation because it showed up a couple times. Like it showed up in the, mm-hmm. the fourth and one. They go short yardage, Tua walks out to the sidelines and they're going wildcat. Okay, they're going wildcat, but Miles Gaskin is the lone trigger man back then. They don't even have a jet sweep, sweep going on. This is, this mm-hmm. is, classic numbers game wildcat as it's supposed to be used um you know with with one trigger man just trying to just trying to run behind the offensive line and using the numbers advantage uh but he couldn't do it he couldn't do it because he's what is he 200 pounds i don't you know he's not particularly and not particularly powerful for a 200 pounder um you know so we didn't have a better option than that and uh, and and then on the, the third and one later in the game on that drive that I felt, again, was an important drive where the offense needed to step up because the defense was tired as hell mm. and we're getting yards and, and points scored on them. And um, again, they had to they had to do a two a rollout on on a third and short, a third and pretty short. And mm. and it's like you don't have you just didn't have the other option. That's and, and that's why they did that. You just didn't have the other option. So they need that. They need to check that box somehow. And it may be, I mean, ultimately, if they're just like, hey, there's nobody we can trade for, carry on Johnson's it's not coming, you know, Todd Gurley's not coming, you know, all that stuff. 
um, maybe they just gotta they just gotta make peace with uh, Jordan Howard and and get him back in there because actually they start they had been using him on short yardage situations you know goal line and whatnot and he he'd been doing all right I mean it wasn't well, bad a touchdown <laughs> yeah I mean it wasn't bad so so they may just have to get I mean the answer might just be already embedded there like or the best answer we can come up with anyway might are already be embedded and just have, use him in short yarded situations and then switch a little bit more to Matt Breida, who I think all of us are intrigued with and would like to see more. And we're not sure why the dolphins, you know, haven't turned to him more. So at the running back position, maybe the best answers, the, the, those could be the best answers we can come with. But I also really liked um, the Malcolm Perry looks mm-hmm. that they got. And, and I'd like to, I'd like to, circle back to that to be honest uh, i thought he, he caught a nice pass for a nice catch and run um i thought he presented something as a as a uh, a threat to the defense on other plays when uh when he was you know doing i think he ran some jet sweep type actions and stuff like that on a pre-snap um and then as the wildcat this was a different kind of this isn't your short yardage wildcat this is this is a very very different kind and um, the real problem with that play is they just, I mean, they showed it, they showed it to the defense, to the Rams two times in a row. Mm-hmm. And on the first time, and the first time Aaron Donald saw that they had Solomon Kinley pulling. So on the second time, and this could be because the Dolphins kind of flipped up the, the alignment just a little bit or tweaked with and tweaked it just a little bit, but for whatever reason, Aaron Donald was lined up this time over Solomon Kinley and the way he attacked he knew that Kinley was pulling again. Mm. And, and so he attacked right in there and we've seen him do this for a decade. You know, he's been blowing up the mesh point um, since, since 2012. I've seen him, you know, I brought up a video today on Twitter of him doing it to Duke, Um, you know, and so he did what he did best. I mean, he lined up right over the pulling, pulling guard and crashed right into that, uh, into that big, huge yawning gap and said, good luck, Ted Karras, you know, and, um, and he blew up Malcolm Perry in the backfield. You just can't show a guy like Aaron Donald, um, the same, the same look, you know, too many times in a row, he's gonna, he's gonna adjust. And yeah, let me say something about those, those wallcat looks. That's not, that looked nothing like what I saw in training camp. So they have something else up their sleeve. That's a little bit more exciting Mm -hmm. than what you saw with, with Tua. The, uh, what I what I look at is this. This is the first game where they needed not to have their defense out there for 95 snaps. And I attribute some of that to, to the running game. I think you got to somehow try to upgrade that because what's happened so far is that they've won three games in a row and four games this season inside of two quarters, right? Against the Jaguars, they, they scored one more time. They kicked the late field goal. So they scored some points to separate themselves. Against San Francisco, they went for the kill, and they kept piling on field goals and hung 43 points on them. Against the Jets, who cares about the Jets, okay? It was 21 to nothing, and nobody really cared about them even mounting a comeback. But in this one, you know, that wasn't right, leaving the the defense out there. They needed to extend many more drives. I think that this this is probably a tipping point where they start looking for in-house solutions. All right, people, Thursday preview show. Kyler Murray, another diminutive quarterback. And if you hear the national media, it'll be a, a battle between them two very, uh, you know, I can't use the, you know, I got to use the proper 
nomenclature. It'll be a battle between little people on Sunday. See you then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. 